Hi and welcome to episode 143 of the LDS study session with me, your host, Matthew Roberts. Today uh, in Manchester we're having our state conference uh, and so I felt I wanted to share something uh, with you that was um, shared at uh, one of the sessions today. It was in a priesthood leadership session, uh, but I also uh, learned about this um, principle in a Melchizedek priesthood training which I was privileged to be able to attend and support as well. And so um, I just thought it was really interesting, and and so I figured I'd share a few a few minutes with you about this uh, principle. Now, obviously, there was discussion about the priesthood and what the priesthood is, and then we looked at uh, what the opposite of priesthood is, and uh, we struggled with that for a little while in the uh, training session, but uh, we came to an answer or a or a suggestion really that the opposite of priesthood is priestcraft. <coughs> if we look in the Bible Dictionary for Priesthood, it says this. Sorry, actually, it says it in the Guide to the Scriptures under the term priesthood. It says, The authority and power that God gives to man to act in all things for the salvation of man. Um, and I think that that is very clear, that the priesthood is authority and power from God given to act for others. Now, priestcraft is the opposite because it is setting oneself up um, in order to receive that kind of um, salvation, well, that praise really uh, for themselves rather than seeking to serve others for the benefit of them. We can read in Second Nephi um, as well where it talks about what, how priesthood is, uh, sorry, priestcraft is uh, to set oneself up to be a light unto the world, um, whereas priesthood is to bless and strengthen others rather than have any selfish thoughts or deeds on our mind. Uh, and I think, obviously, that this is talked about in the scriptures as well. Uh, there are examples of priestcraft. In fact, one well-known one is in Alma chapter 1 with Nehor. Now, uh, if you look in uh, the kind of experience or the instant involving Nehor, we know that he's going about and he's teaching that if someone is a teacher then uh, in the church or if someone is a, a priest in the church, then they should be, you know... Um, financially looked after they should be um, kind of put on a pedestal and be given costly apparel and all these things like that and then he goes he's teaching this and then a man who belongs to the church uh, contends with him and says no this isn't the right way uh, and we know this man is called Gideon who is referred to earlier in the book of Mormon and in the book of Mosiah so he's kind of a bit older now uh, this Gideon now what's interesting is how Nehor reacts now remember, he is operating under the guise of priestcraft. He is admonishing and he is exhorting the people that that priests and those that who have an authority from God should be held up held up in a high esteem and should be pr provided for and cared for and given all the things that they need and more uh, because of what they're doing on, on on the earth. This is how he enforced this, or this is how he put his point across. In Alma chapter 1 verse 9 it says, Now because Gideon withstood him with the words of God, he was wroth with Gideon and drew his sword and began to smite him. Now Gideon being stricken with many years, therefore he was not able to withstand his blows. Therefore he was slain by the sword. So in other words, in order to put his point across, he kills him. You know, In order to get others to see what he is trying to teach or to listen to what he is saying, he uses force to try and um, put this point across to underline his points to reinforce it uh, and actually in verse 12 Alma says 
Behold, this is the first time that priestcraft has been introduced among this people. And behold, thou art not only guilty of priestcraft, but thou hast endeavoured to enforce it by the sword. And were priestcraft to be enforced among this people, it would prove their entire destruction. Now here there is a clear message that priestcraft is usually um, delivered by force. It is something which is you know, put on the people and they were to they're told you must do this. And there is, you know, very s severe consequences for those that do not, you know, un go with this pattern. And ultimately, they, they lose their choice, they lose their agency. Uh, however, the priesthood works in a very different way. Uh, we know this uh, from a very well-known verse again in Doctrine and Covenants, section 121. Of course, I'm referring to verse 41, where it says, No power or influence can ought to be maintained by virtue of the priesthood, only by persuasion by long-suffering, by gentleness and meekness, and by love unfeigned, by kindness and pure knowledge, which shall greatly enlarge the soul without hypocrisy and without guile. Without guile. So here we see very different words to what we've just seen in the example of Nehor. We see this persuasion, this long-suffering. Um, you know, it's not a case that the priesthood works with people to try and force them to uh, make changes in their lives, but it rather um, encourages them to seek to make that choice to make that change for themselves. They're not forced to. Uh, and that is something which is very clear and meaningful for authors, that as we um, consider the priesthood, and obviously if you, if you are a priesthood holder yourself, you know, you need to consider um, which side of the, of the spectrum you are. Now, I, I think, kind of taking this further, that this whole idea of priesthood and priestcraft isn't just black and white, it's you're either doing it the priesthood way or the priestcraft way. I think that there's probably times in your life where you're moving along a spectrum between the two, where at one end you are, you know, completely in line with the Saviour and the way that he would want you to hold that priesthood, and that you are completely selfless and you are completely, you know, dedicated to blessing and um, strengthening the lives of others. And then on the other side you have, you know, the complete opposite where you are, um, you do go about using force, you do go about, you know, making people do what you say because of the authority you believe you have, and so on. Um, now, obviously, you know, I don't think anyone is at either end. I think if one person was at the, you know, the priesthood end completely, then they would be perfect. Uh, and if one person was at the complete end of priestcraft, I mean, that would be a horrendous person. And I'm sure there is probably, you know, one or two people out there who are close towards that end of the spectrum. But I doubt that there are many as, as far away as that. Um, you know, I imagine that many of us would find ourselves along the middle. And perhaps we may find ourselves one day more toward the priesthood side and then the other day more toward the priestcraft side. Uh, I think that is something which, you know, is... You know, it, this obviously applies to priesthood holders, but it also applies to many of many, many of us. The principles of the priesthood apply to, to all of us. That as we strive to work in the kingdom of God, you know, we could be a priesthood holder um, in a in a calling, or we could also be a sister in a calling or in a ministry, ministering capacity or role. You know, when we go out ministering, this is an example of the priesthood in action. Whilst some of the people going out ministering as ministering brothers and sisters may not hold the, the priesthood themselves, they are going out under the direction of the priesthood to carry out the Lord's work. And therefore, the priesthood, work, the priesthood power is available to them to be able to bless the lives of others if they are working under the principles of the priesthood and not of priestcraft. Which is why I think that 
problem. I mean, there's a lot of talk recently and a lot of focus about priests of power and how it is used by all members of the church, not just the male members. And so I think that this priesthood versus priest, priestcraft idea is, is something important for all of us to consider, you know, and reflect upon how we encourage and support others to make changes in lives. Do we force them? Do we give paint them a black and white picture and say, you know, this is it, you know, you must do this or this is going to happen? Or do we encourage them and love them and you know that love unfeigned is really important um hopefully the uh, you have enjoyed the study today if there's anything that you have learned from this then please share it at matt s roberts 90 on twitter or uh, email at lds3 session at gmail.com thank you very much for your time and until we meet again